right. Good work, Jen. Look at that timing. Yeah, the good timing. Yeah, nailed it that time. So, uh, everyone uh, watching, listening, live or in syndication, welcome to another episode of How I Met Your Mortgage. As usual, I'm your host, Adam Smith, with Just the Tips Coaching. And with us, pretty much as usual, is our marketing director, Jen Waymore. Good morning. It is morning here, Jen. It is morning. All right, but it is is not. (laughs) It is not morning where our guest is. Everybody's having a little bit of a struggle going back on daylight savings time here, I can tell. Uh, But it is afternoon where our guest is. And please welcome to the show, Jason Sharon. Yay. Yay. We are all lacking a little bit of enthusiasm here this morning. Don't ask me why. Um, But we have been looking forward to having Jason on the show for a good long while. Um, I know Jason well, so we aren't going to be short on topics to discuss today. Um, But for those of you that uh, are new to the program or are new to being exposed to Jason... Uh, Jason is a mortgage broker. In fact, Jason is the mortgage broker. He is one of the most badass people in that role from coast to coast. Uh, Lives and works in Charleston, South Carolina. Um, And actually, Jason served as my mortgage broker for the purchase of a property in South Carolina last year. Couldn't be happier with his service. (laughs) Uh, Jason is also a Navy veteran. I think you did about 20 years in the Navy. Is that correct? Yep, 20 years in a month. And that was one really long month. I'll bet that was a (laughs) long month. Um, So a career Navy man and now a career mortgage broker, among a thousand other things. Um, Obviously, uh, Jason and I both believe that there's a really good uh, investment vehicle out there in real estate, and we do some of that. And Jason, as of late, you are also a restaurateur. Yes, um, the wife talked me into buying a Thai restaurant. She's originally from Thailand, and there was a Thai restaurant that was for sale, so we purchased that and are operating it, and we're in the process of already opening up our second location. Wow, this is phenomenal. Two locations in Charleston. Yes. Yes. Um, All right, probably not going to get you to open one in Myrtle, huh? No. All right. Too far away. You know what I think about Myrtle. Yeah. Well, and I've made that drive. That's a long way to go to uh, take care of things going on in a restaurant. No question. Um, So, Jason, I I know you've seen the show or heard the podcast, probably both. And I know a lot of our audiences, regular viewers, regular listeners. um, And again, it's mostly real estate agents, loan originators, some other direct-to-consumer type salespeople. Um, And I think one of the most important things I've learned from you, uh, and certainly a lot of it was when I came down there and visited your office and you walked me through ops and processes and so on and so forth, is literally how your clients have such an amazing experience with you because of your systems and processes. And um, we both, while it's a different path, we both kind of have this mindset of let's treat it like a Big Mac and somebody can work on the bun and somebody can work on the meat and somebody can work on the lettuce and somebody can put it in the box. And if they do that on every loan, if that same person is putting the package product into the box on every transaction, they get really, really good at it. And then everybody kind of has this wonderful, well-defined skill set, job description, job duties, tasks that need to be accomplished. And it really does make for an amazing process for the borrower. 
Absolutely. And that's what it's all about is, is that customer experience, that client experience. Because if you got nothing, if you deliver the, the terms on the right date, but that last day is just hectic for that last one document or whatever it is, then you look like a buffoon, even though you nailed you know, 1,500 tasks you know, perfectly all the way up to that point. Um, so yeah. my, my processors are bonused if they get clear to close four days early. Because if you're, you're clear to close four days early, then you know that those the clients, you know, at that point, their 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 breath is out. They're just waiting on getting the escrow, you know, wire instructions, which obviously we don't do, um, and and it's it's smooth sailing for the closing. That's fantastic. Um, and just to satisfy my own curiosity, because I can't remember, you're in a wet state. You guys fund at the yes. table, okay. Um, yeah. However, different from us here in Colorado, you do have title attorneys, not title companies. Correct. Okay, so there are a few anomalies there, but in theory, the process is similar. Um, give us a little bit of feedback um, on your team structure right now. What does that look like? LOs, LOAs, processors, how many people in each role? Um, I know you've got this cell setup, this, uh, you know, you've got an A team and a B team and a C team of sorts, and there are people filling each role on each uh, quad each. I don't even know how, I can't remember uh, how you pod, describe it. Pod, um, and what that does is the so the big concept on pod is you have built-in redundancy. So if someone's out, you have you have an A pod and a B pod, and you've got basically three members per pod. You've got the LOA who who runs and manages the pod, then you have the intake processor, and then you have the closing processor. Then they have a shared uh, pre-underwriter between the two. So the idea behind that is if pod B you know, the intake processor is out, this person over here can still step in. You're not just stuck uh, on a typical assembly line process. Um, and then also that allows you for growth. So let's say you're growing. And even though, you know, we, we're seeing originations, you know, dwindle, the broker channel is still growing significantly. You, you saw the, the housing buyer stats that came out to, not too long ago. Um, the, we're still in the growth mindset. I'm, I'm running ads for hiring. So whenever you're ready to grow, if you want to out, get a pod C over here, you take your intake processes, which are the, 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 I want to say the least, the lowest skilled level. They're the, they're the, the introduction level. The first step in the process. Exactly. So you, you could take someone, you know, actually one of them's from Jiffy. I, I heard her from Jiffy loop. So, you know, you can teach her how to, how to, um, you know, collect initial dot or collect, you know, set the initial disclosures, order title, order insurance, order appraisal. And then once you're ready to grow, you take these two intake processors, one to LOA, one to a closing processor, and then you hire three new staff members to fill the intake processor position on each of the three, um, each of the three pods. And then vice versa, let's say the market really tanks and you've got to let, you have to downsize. Well, if you know that if you keep the good stats of knowing, hey, each LOA in each pod gets the same number of leads. Let's say they're each getting you know seventy leads a month per per pod, and this pod, pod A, is closing five more loans per month than pod B. Then you know, hey, if I do have to let some somebody go, it's going to be the pod B restructure vice just picking someone at random. You've got stats, you've got you know proven they're actually producing income for the company. Okay. Fascinating. And a little different than how we do it. Cause we keep 
specific track of who's doing what task. So if we're missing somebody, we know what tasks have to be filled in. And when we want to grow, we basically redo the whole damn system. We all sit down, have lunch, figure out every single thing that has to be accomplished every day, every week, every month for transactions to close. And then we just figure out who's going to be best suited to do those tasks. And again, a lot of that comes in with employees, personality profiles, past job skills, those kinds of things. Um, and yeah, we actually call it a board meeting because we keep all this information on a giant marker board in our conference room. Nice. Um, so yeah, it's kind of fascinating. All right. So Jen, I know we're doing this in reverse, so bear with us, but I know <laughs> Jason really well. I've been in his home. I've played with his son. Um, I've ridden in his Lamborghini, um, you know, those kinds of things. Um, but Jason, let's go back. Let, let, let me digress. Give us a little bit of background. So how does somebody coming out of the Navy decide that mortgages were, you know, the next step in my career path? Or was there something in between? How did you get into the business after being in the Navy for so long? See, so no one, no one, none of us have ever said, oh, I'm going to get into mortgages. It just happened. Right? Yes. Every one of us it just happened. So if someone said, yeah, I want to be in mortgages, you're like, what is wrong with you? I'm, I'm um, going to college to become a mortgage broker. Yeah, no, I never hear that. Right. Yeah. So it was an, it was an accident. I, uh, I had previously had my real estate license back in 05, 06, when it was easy and anybody you know, that could, that could fall to mirror could get a mortgage, could get a mortgage. So I was a realtor then. And uh, I let, let my license lapse because I got transferred to the military, you know, place to place to place. When I'm going to go try to do a career out of it. So I retired. I was like, maybe I'll get back in real estate, but I didn't want to put people in my car and drive them around all weekend and buy them subway. And then them use somebody else to, to buy another house. So I was like, well, maybe I'll get a mortgages or maybe I'll get an insurance. I want to do some type of, of real estate, you know, related role. So I called up my old mortgage guy, um, Wade. He was still in the mortgage business from way back when. And this was 2015. So it was 10 years later. So it was 2015, I called up Wade and said, hey, I'm thinking about getting your mortgages or I might get an insurance. What do you think? And I was his number one guy back then. So he said, why don't you come to the office and see what we do? So he, I came into the office and sat down on a pipeline meeting. I couldn't spell FHA. I didn't know what was going on, but <laughs> it was good energy. Um, you know, I, I had a real longstanding relationship with the guy. Um, so he hired me. Um, I got licensed, um, did about, I think, about 12 or 15 million that first year, um, not knowing what I was doing at all. Um, we just had a really good connection with some with a big real estate team, so I was able to feed off of that. Um, did that for three years. My best year was twenty million um, in volume doing that. And then after three years, I decided to open up my own mortgage brokerage because you had to have three years' experience in the state um, in order to to open up your own company. Those are big numbers for a newbie <laughs> in South Carolina. It was. I was. I was just. Back then, the average loan amount was significantly lower than it is today. Yeah, the average loan amount there that was probably you know two ten to two twelve two hundred twelve thousand dollar you know average loan amount. What do you think it is now? How, me, how uh, far has Charleston moved? I'm I'm about three ten to three fifteen three ten to three hundred fifteen thousand dollars. About a fifty percent um, increase over that time yeah. frame. Okay. And and fear I'm mostly gubby. I'm sixty five percent government, so there's not a lot of not a lot of down payments in my. Okay, got it. That makes a lot of sense, or small ones, if that. Right, right. Um, and when you say mostly Govy, you really mean mostly VA. Yes, I'm 65% VA. 
uh, conventional is 25% then 15% FHA. Okay. And you've obviously made a pretty significant career out of helping active duty military and veterans. Um, Charleston's got a lot of military personnel in their population. Well, South we Carolina do. does. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Charleston has a good, uh, really good Air Force presence, uh, a very much growing Coast Guard presence, and then a, a fair-sized Navy presence. Okay. And you've got a lot of experience in both of these careers, Navy yeah. and mortgages. Um, so, yeah, it seems to me that if somebody's uh, in the military or was in the military and wants to buy a home in South Carolina, you're the guy. <laughs> I got a, a referral on Saturday from somebody that was at Liberty Tax, and I have no idea who this person is. But they were doing somebody's taxes on Saturday and said, hey, you need to give Jason a call. No idea who it was or anything like that. Uh, but it was a veteran uh, that was our service active duty service member that was giving it. It's crazy. Yeah, but you know, my, my sales manager, when I first started, said, Jason, if you, you're going to do anything, find a niche. You know, just find a niche and just concentrate, concentrate, concentrate on that niche. And for me, it was no brainer, you know, VA loans, because veterans feel very comfortable with other veterans. So I just did that and, and it's, it works. So if anybody's watching, try to figure out what to do, just pick a niche, whether it's self-employed, first-time buyers, veterans, whatever it is, pick a niche and just run, run, run. All right. So you've undoubtedly given that some thought because you do have LOs looking for LOs. Let's talk about what that looks like for loan originators, for real estate agents in what's obviously, well, when people ask me if it's a hard business to, to start in, I say, well, yeah, it's always hard. It's just always a different kind of hard. You know, if, if we're talking about real estate agents as an example, having to have a working knowledge 15 years ago, short sales, REO, bank-owned property, these kinds of things was hard. Today, helping people get into homes with inventory issues, et cetera, is hard. I mean, it's just a different kind of hard. So seeing what we've experienced in the last few years with supply and demand, real estate values, lack of inventory, now we're facing rising interest rates, all kinds of things that are creating, I don't want to say a perfect storm, but that are shifting the way that mortgage and real estate industries look. What kind of advice would you give to these people knowing what you know about what the market is doing right now when it comes to how to find a niche, how to continue to be generating leads, those kinds of things? Because, again, it's hard. It's just a different kind of hard. Yeah, you're just going to be at the top of your game. You've got to be. You've got to wake up every day wanting to be, or at least how I do, I want to be smarter than everybody else. I want to be the smartest guy in the room. Now, I'm not. that's not a pride thing. If someone, I'm more than happy to learn and 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 get taught things but like 15 minutes for this conversation i got a call from a new construction agent that i pre-qualified a client um last week he's now under contract with this new construction and the new construction preferred lender can't figure out how to do the loan because the guy has a large encumbrance on his eligibility he's just gonna have a down payment and the guy is okay with it he's gonna net 100 grand from the house he's selling that's plenty of money to to make up that eligibility gap that he's gonna have and the new construction lender, who's probably been originating for six months, just understand that. So you, as long as you're at the top of your game, you're always getting smarter. You're always willing to get in the guidelines. I get in the guidelines every day. Um, you just got to be smarter than the next guy because there's so much, even with a tight inventory, there's still plenty of easy business to pick up. Um, if your name is out there and you're, you're, you're um, skilled and, and know your stuff. 
I think that that's true. I, I couldn't uh, debate that. Um, there's still a lot of people that aren't. A lot of it because they're new. Right. So get informed, get educated. How should these people go about doing that? I guess the first piece is to find that niche. Yeah, you got to play. You got to plug in with the resources that are out there in our industry. You get involved in, you know, if you're a broker, get involved with AIM. If you're uh, if you're a retail lender, get involved in MBA. Um, there's a, a bunch of really good Facebook groups out there. Getting to the conferences, networking, learning, um, you know, that type of stuff. It's just you know, surrounding yourself with people that are smarter than you in order to learn from, and then obviously getting in the guidelines every day. Um, sharpening your 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 guideline skills and sharpening your sales skills, reading good sales books, um, reading good leadership books, that type of stuff, in order to just be a better person. And you'll attract, you know, if you start developing that type of personality, you'll attract business. You know, people will notice, people will refer you, people will come back to you. Um, it, it just builds upon build, it builds upon itself. All right, let's make that shift. And yes, I know that that's true, and certainly for you, I've referred clients to you. Liberty Tax is referring clients to you out of the clear blue sky. I've seen a lot of other people, again, some of these Facebook groups that you're describing, refer business to you. Hey, I've got a client moving to South Carolina. I can't imagine why anybody would want to do that, but it does happen. Um, and sure enough, that makes a lot of sense that you would be writing a lot of that business. But it hasn't always been that way. I mean, Facebook, Facebook groups, the ability for me to, you know, hey, if somebody's asking in a Myrtle Beach Facebook group who they should use to refinance their home, I'm going to tag you. But that shit didn't exist when you got into the mortgage business. True. And for a number of years that you were in the mortgage business. So how else are you generating leads? Where does the business come from? What, so my, what things my, are you doing? And, and uh, yes, your your office building that, and I've seen it, and I know you own it. You've got this giant, you know, VA home loans sign up on the front, and I've seen your truck, the one we were discussing the maintenance issues, the uh, mechanical issues on. Uh, it also has VA home loans branded on uh, the truck. But these are the kinds of things that anybody and everybody can do, and they've been doing it since the dawn of time with grocery carts and fucking bus benches and on and on. That's not what's bringing people to you. And it's so certainly my, not what we're bringing people to you 10 years ago. Right. So my 33% or 32% of my business last year was past client referrals. It wasn't just past clients. It was referrals from past clients or themselves. Okay. Um, what I do for my past clients. So the so when the loan closes, um, they get a handwritten thank you card. They get put into home bot. Um, a month later, I give them a call to say, thank you. Remind that you're going to get your, don't forget to make your first payment. Your first payment coupon is in your, <laughs> Is in your, um, in your in your package. That's good advice. Nobody knows. Nobody knows where the first payment coupon is. I want to uh, So I used it as a proactive touch point to field them some questions when they come. Um, they get birthday cards from me. They get loan anniversary cards from me. Um, they get a an email from me sixty days later, reminding them to do their their tax form for their primary residence. Um, there's. I would say there's about. I, I did get that form. I have no idea what to do with it. By the way, thank you for <laughs> so, telling me and telling so for me you, what the hell to do with that tax form. You're not. You're not owner occupied, so you can just throw it away. It doesn't apply to you. Hey, I like the sound of that. It, All right, check. It keep out. going. Um, so there, there's you know 20 or 25 touch points that I that I built into my CRM for post closing. 
Um, 25 total, 25 that you're recycling. 25. That, so over the first, you know, two to three 25 years, a year, 25 over the first three years. Okay. Um, you know, email them their appraisal later on, just as another reason to, to reach out. Um, the loan anniversaries every year um, have notes in there. If they're, if say if somebody I connected well with, you know, I'll have, you know, I'll learn their, their, and their actual wedding anniversaries. I'll learn something about the kids and put notes about that to reach out, you know, those types of things um, that are personalized to the person. Um, if it's somebody I clicked well with, if there's somebody I didn't click well with, I don't do anything. I just cut it off. I don't even send them birthday cards. It just depends on the person. <laughs> <laughs> so for those of you that have worked for Jason, Jason and you're not getting birthday cards, know that Jason hates you. Got it. Okay. <laughs> well, but Jason, I think there are some bigger pieces of the puzzle that we're not really discussing that fall along those lines. Right off the bat, you said you're putting them into HomeBot. Sure. That's another so home dozen touches a year. Yeah. yeah so, so you got, yeah, At you least. Um, and yeah. I do get a good bit of people reach out to me about HomeBot. You know, I've, I've got it probably 10 to 15 cash out refis right now. And I could, I could attribute, you know, half of those to be past client referrals. And they mention, you know, whatever I ask them, you know, Hey, what's the house worth? They said, well, your, your little thing you sent me every month said this, they don't know the word home bot. They just know that they're getting something of value from me on a monthly basis. Um, nice plug right there. Homebot is local to us. We know those yeah. people really well. Nice little plug for Ernie Graham there. Um, yeah. If you are, Jen, if you would put in the comments, Mm -hmm. Our audience can check out HomeBot and even just sign up for it as a consumer. It's free. So you can kind of see what kind of data your clients are going to receive. I, I cannot stress enough how valuable a tool that is. Yep. So for gifting, I use another service called EvaBot, E-V-A-B-O-T. Um, and it is an, it is an AI uh, gifting service. So you put in name, phone number. I think that's it. Maybe name and email. And it'll text them and it acts like a bot. So it'll say, hey, this is Eva bot. Jason connected us for your closing gift. It's now a good time. Do you, and it'll say, are you, do you like wine? Do you like coffee? We'll ask them a bunch of questions. Do you have, do you have pets? You know, you know, that hmm. kind of stuff. And then, and I think I set my gift at 50 bucks and they charged me like $4 to ship it. Um, so, cool. it'll, so it'll, it'll ship them a nice coffee. So it'll ship them if they're into whiskey It'll send them nice, you know, glad, nice, you know, nice whiskey canters or some of that. One person got a remote control bone for his dog to chase around the, the, the house, you know, stuff like that. And then it'll ask them for their birthdays as well. Um, and then it'll, you know, come birthday time, it'll send them another, you know, gift, $50 gift. So that's the 108 bucks I'm spending per client to really stay in front of them and make them very happy with something that's unique to them. It's not just sending them a, a cutting board and they might not even you know, cook themselves. It's brilliant. Yeah, that's and, really uh, cool. Uh, every now and then, I don't know what he figured, Jen, every other year, we really analyze what we're mm -hmm. doing for our clients for closing gifts on, and not just the dollar spend or what would be useful or what would they enjoy getting, um, so on and so forth. And this takes a lot out of it. <laughs> Ramey, one of my it's really yeah, I've got to put that up. What about <laughs> eHarmony? Uh, no, we're, we're, we're not getting everybody eHarmony memberships. Tinder, maybe. That's funny. No, it's because yeah. it, you don't have to think about it. All you have to do is set a price. And... Yeah, no, that is really a, a brilliant piece of the puzzle. Okay, so we are. And, and, and my CRM even does it. Like, my, whenever you get, you know, whenever you get to funded, the CRM sends the, 
the link or sends whatever it does, whatever it's supposed to do. Um, I have no idea what it does, but then it, I don't even have to worry about it. Just the CRM does it. All right. So a third is repeat clients and client referrals. The other two thirds, um, a lot of real estate agents, I'd imagine. So you have probably 20% realtors. Um, okay. I, so I'm in a BNI group. Um, I'm probably 10%, you know, five to 10% BNI. Um, Vetted VA is uh, a large Facebook group that I get, you know, probably 18% of my business is probably from there. That's um, phenomenal. And yeah, so kudos I, to Chris for building that system yeah, spectacular. out. That yeah. group is invaluable to the, to the veterans. Um, I do a little bit of radio. Um, so I, I, I do a, a weekly um, ad that I record every Friday at 1015. Um, I've used a local um, talent for an endorsement. And we just talked about what's going on in the market. We talked about what's going on um, this last uh, week. Um, instead of talking about mortgages, I talked about um, that rates have gone up. There's some loan officers that work at banks that are really in a squeeze right now. Maybe we get, maybe connect us um, so that way I could talk to them about possibly coming over working for us with lower rates. I got two referrals from that of loan officers I'm talking to. Um, next week, I'm going to talk about um, non-QM loans. I'm going to talk about bank, bank statement P&L loans. A uh, week after that, I'm planning on running an ad um, about referrals to the audience. So I'm going to talk about how big part of my business is referrals. Um, I gave out over a thousand referrals last year. I want to connect with the audience and you know, call me, text me what your business is so that way I can send you referrals. And that's what my radio commercial is going to be in a couple of weeks. And you've got a face for radio. It's perfect. Yeah, exactly. Don't put me on TV. I'm surprised we're actually on a video cast. Uh, and we, it's just a, a way for us uh, to broadcast this out. But truth be told, uh, the back end of it with Jen stripping out the audio track for our podcast gets a lot more activity than people watching you. And probably even fewer than we would normally be get because it's you. Exactly. <laughs> So this is really cool stuff. You've got a lot going on this way. And Jen, I know we're going to run over. I expected um, it. Would you talk to our audience a little bit about the broker channel? A little bit about the, how do I put this? Um, about what avenues you're pursuing, why you're such a staunch reporter, uh, supporter, excuse me, reporter, staunch supporter of broker education. Um, and where, where have you seen the broker channel, the mortgage broker gain ground in your career or certainly your time as a broker owner? Sure. So obviously AIM is, is a big proponent of that. Okay. Give us a little more detail about that. What is it? Sure. So AIM is the Association of Independent Mortgage Experts. It's our nonprofit that is supporting the broker channel. Um, if you're not part of it, you should check it out. Get on, check out the Facebook page, join, learn about it, then eventually sign up a member. Um, AIM is is representing us in you know in lobbying, in regulatory affairs, in marketing, and in, in education. I'm on the education committee, as is Adam, uh, co you know co education member committee with me. Um, just doing a lot of good things. The, really the, the only trade organization unique to mortgage brokers. Yes, exactly. Okay. Um, I'm a trust but verify kind of guy. So whenever I started and AIM was becoming a thing, people were like, oh, NAM is crap. I'm like, well, is it really? I don't know. Um, so I went to an, a NAM uh, event down in Tampa and I left agreeing, yes, your NAM is much crap. Um, but I was, I'm a trust but verify kind of guy. So I went and checked it out. And you know, if you haven't checked out NAM, you know, you're watching this or listening to this, you should just to make sure that you're that you're making the right decision for yourself. 
Um, I was at, you probably know Renee Rodriguez. I was at his Amplify event last year. What amazing event, small little boutique event, 10 of us. Anyway, there was a mixture of brokers and, and um, retail lenders there. And one of the brokers uh, was talking about how she was doing this new program to help other females, other, other female mortgage brokers um, grow. And the guy sitting next to me was listening intently. It was her and I and Mike Cox with, and, and Brian were the brokers there. The guy next to me is like, well, how much are you making from that? And she's like, well, I'm not making anything. He, she's like, he's like, no, 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 there's no way you do that. What are you making, like five bips per loan off of her? Where are you making 10 bips, whatever? And she's like, no, I'm just doing this out of the goodness of my heart. We're helping each other grow. Um, it'll come back to me some way. Uh, but if it doesn't, it's okay. That's I'm helping somebody. And the other two retail LOs there just started dogpiling on her. Like, no, what are you making? There's no way you're doing that for free. And I just, I jumped in. Mike did as well. Like, no, truly, she is just helping us. That's what we do as brokers is we help each other. Um, every week, I'm talking to somebody that I'm learning something from. And every week I'm talking to somebody teaching. Like last week I jumped on a Zoom call with a new LO that was, he was doing his first VA loan. So I went to it, I Zoom, got into his LOS, you know, made sure that the loan was set up right, went through, showed him how to calculate residual income, um, just helping out another broker because that's what we do. And that's how we're gonna get better because the better talent that all the brokers have, then the better we look as, a, as an industry as a whole and the better we are for consumers. And then we grow, grow, grow because of that. Yeah, I can't emphasize enough how important that abundance mindset is. If you have a focus of helping as many people as you can get what they want, you're going to get what you want. That's it. And that's old Zig Ziglar shit. So, yep. Yep. but if you can exercise that, then uh, you're winning in so many ways. I can't even... Uh, describe it uh, financially and uh, economically and psychologically and community and on and on. But yeah, agreed. And just like this, uh, you know, we're uh, certainly not, uh, maybe Jen will figure out someday how to monetize our podcast, but yeah, God, we just want <laughs> to help people out there do more business, do better business. This is kind of the goal. And I think if you adopt and implement that kind of a true mindset, you are fucking winning. You're gonna win. Keep your foot on the gas when you're working from an abundance mindset. All right, Jen, Hi, we Nikki. are. Hey, Nikki. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, there me. is Nikki. And yes, we do love Nikki. And for those of you seeing that comment, Nikki is our uh, resident real estate agent in Myrtle Beach. Uh, she and Jason do some work together. She helped us find our home sight unseen. I never even saw it until I owned it which I would probably never do again. But again, we uh, trusted Jason. He trusts Nikki. And damn if she didn't do that exact same thing. Just help people. And God, wouldn't you know, if you come from that place, it all works out. It's crazy. All right, Jen, we're uh, obviously already <laughs> running over. So, and we knew that we would. Let's make sure we get Jason back on the show at our next available opportunity. Oh, yeah. Uh, we love having him on. Maybe maybe next time he'll even introduce our audience to Alex, which would be fantastic. <laughs> I just want Thai food now. Yeah. Have, oh, absolutely. I mean, yeah. I think we should go there and do the show and have yeah, Thai. Food. All right. We'll do it at the restaurant. Yeah, exactly. Cool. Yeah. All right. Take us <laughs> home, Jen. 
Uh, well, something we didn't touch on is Jason is our first confirmed speaker for the Mile High Mastermind this year. So um, very excited to have Jason come out and talk to our audience this year. So that's September 16th and 17th. Um, as always, if you want to find out more about us, the show, past episodes, current videos, um, more information on Social Media Day Denver, which those tickets are going on sale very soon. That is June 30th um, or the Mile High Mastermind, which is September 16th and 17th. Or if you want a copy of Adam's book, Just the Tips, you can text TIPS, T-I-P-S, to 63566, and it will ping you back literally everything you could possibly want to know about us and about just the tips and more and more yes, and this absolutely. this is actually really funny because now that i think about it maybe this will be the first year that nikki and jason both attend the mile high mastermind together yes right we'll see, we'll that see would if be we cool can pull that yeah. up yeah nikki yeah you got, you call, calling you calling you on the carpet here <laughs> nikki for sure um but uh maybe we'll make jason pick her up and take her to the airport all right. Well, thank you, Jason. I know, and uh, even more so because we talked about it before we went live, that carving this kind of time out on a Monday morning is not an easy task, especially for somebody as busy as you, parent, spouse, mortgage broker, broker owner, restaurateur, and God, I can't even imagine all the other things that you're dealing with as adulthood is so ridiculously time-consuming. Nobody warned us about that, by the way. So thank you, literally, from thank the you. bottom of my heart. Uh, I'm honored to be here. Oh, no, I promise you it's all ours. <laughs> all right, so let's call that an episode. And yeah. we will uh, see you guys next week, Jen, I assume. Yeah, uh, we, we got a Joe. Couple this year. Joe Feinhandler. Joe we'll Feinhandler will be our guest next year. Speaking of broker owners, we're going to go to the opposite coast. So join us next Monday at 1030 Mountain Daylight Time. Yay, Daylight Savings. Um, for another episode of How I Met Your Mortgage. Thanks again, Jason. Thanks. Thanks.